Morosi, welcome, sir. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, my brother, for having me. It's great to be here. Where do we start? Let's talk about the fact that the one institution that probably could not afford a break-in, but in the same breath, probably nobody is surprised that this break-in has taken place. The question probably is what took so long. Your thoughts on that? Indeed. Um, I guess this happened, as you indicated already, I think sometime last year. Um, and it wasn't unexpected at all that it happened again, because as uh, you might recall, that we haven't really <clears throat> gotten any full report as to what would have transpired the first time it happened. Uh, but it's, it's quite worrisome if, if you think about it, because now, if, if such a commission gets, you know, gets raided, gets butlered every now and then, um, then there should be concerns as to what the motives are or were of the perpetrators and what that's to the integrity of the commission. But also more important, I think, uh, <clears throat> the fundamental issue is if, if there were any sensitive information uh, that was leaked uh, because they said two computers were stolen. And so this is quite a worrisome story that uh, I think warrants to be closely looked at. And, and I'm glad you, you guys are zooming into it. Well, we can only zoom in for as long as we are allowed to. And, of course, the information available is sufficiently available for us to engage this. But beyond the specificities of probably what would amount to an investigation or a police in inquiry into this, what does it say about, if you like, the climate around the Zondo Commission itself? Mm. The climate is, is very charged um, at the moment. Uh, there are issues around... Uh, you know, even its legitimacy or, or integrity, even uh, as you know, a number of uh, prominent figures, political party leaders, have been questioning its its intentions. Some hold the view that it has veered away from its uh, initially intended uh, aims. Um, but of course, <clears throat> the the climate is is very charged, uh, and as we can see. Uh, this break-in says to us that someone is trying to hide something uh, or someone is trying to intimidate, as, as the, the judge said um, earlier in his statement today, that if, if these acts were meant to intimidate them, they won't be intimidated. But the question is, you know, was, was that uh, a mere uh, PR exercise to say they're not intimidated? What, what's the veracity of, of, of these intimidations? There was a, a bullet shell found there. So it's quite serious. It points to the fact that there is something really simmering um, and, and perhaps the commission is ruffling feathers and there are people who don't like what's happening. And of course, ultimately what this is, it is an assault on democratic institutions. It is an assault to the president because this is the president's <clears throat> commission. This is an assault equally to the judiciary as an institution for you have the second highest ranking official mm -hmm. in the judiciary, the Deputy Chief Justice, who is charged with presiding over this commission and giving South Africans an opportunity to really gaze into what's happening within the governance of the country. And if something as brazen as this would happen at a time where clearly the commission is nearing the business end of it all, this has to be taken in the serious light with which it has clearly been brazenly done. No, most certainly, I think you're spot on. And one wonders whether it's receiving the attention it deserves because 
you know, it's, it's not just any break-in. Uh, this is a, a very serious commission. And as you indicate, it, it also touches on um, the independence of, of the judiciary as a whole, not just the commission itself. Because as you see, this thing is spilling over from just the commission to then implicating the true independence of our judiciary. And, and you know, many of us often argue that <clears throat> the other arms of government have, have long been compromised, but the judiciary um, has been that one arm of government that has been quite robust, that has been withstanding, withstanding uh, you know, uh, intimidation and... and it's, it's been fairly biased, one, one might argue, unbiased rather. And so once these things are, are happening as frequent as they are, then I think we should be worried about, you know, where the nation is heading. Something that South Africans should be equally worried about is the fact that the ANC declared this year as the year of Charlotte Matleg. Born 150 years ago, her claim to fame is the first African woman in the country to earn herself a postgraduate, I mean, a graduate qualification. And the mm. one institution that so happens to be named after her, of all things that could happen, a mm. fire. A fire because the systems were not maintained. Probably then an indictment and a reflection of the administration under the ANC's leadership. Your thoughts on that? Indeed. Um, I mean, this is merely symptomatic of uh, the state, the true state of the country, really, because uh, institutions as, as important as, as health institutions, I mean, Charlotte Matreke is not just, uh, you know, a normal hospital, it's also an academic hospital. So if such an institution of, of such importance can can go unchecked, there's no proper monitoring and evaluation of how it functions. And it, it, it turns out that um, just over six months or so ago, um, <clears throat> there were some, some truths that happened. There were some checks just to check if the, the systems they have in place can extend any emergency of this sort. And uh, what we hear is that, you know, it, it turned out that at the time they got a green light. It seemed everything was functioning well. The hydrants were working well. Um, but when this incident happens, then only then do they find out that something something was wrong. So someone should have dropped the ball. And we can only hope that uh, whoever dropped the ball will be brought to book because this cannot go unpunished. It certainly cannot go unpunished. Let's take a couple of calls. One from KGM who's on the top of a mountain. I don't know which one it is. And Aisha in Uppington immediately after. The time is 2016. I implore folks to participate, please. Johannesburg 714-2006. So far, the break-in at the Zonda Commission and the assault. This is in the Office of the President's Office of the Presidency and that of the Chief Justice, given the fact that it is a President's Commission presiding over it, is a member of the Chief Justice's office, that being the Deputy Chief Justice. At the very least, certainly, this is ultimately a criminal act. And already we're talking about the year of Charlotte Matlake. Charlotte Matlake Hospital is under fire. Literally, of course, this coming four years before when a roof collapsed at the very same hospital. Thank goodness there were no casualties, at least fertilities by casualties is what I mean. But of course, there are casualties in this instance. The disruption this is to patients and patient care and the principles of Badupili, I could go on. But for now, it's KGM. Good evening. Good evening, uh, Songezo. Good evening to your, your guest and to my fellow listeners. Um, a very somber, um, one could say, moment in, in our country. I don't know, Songezo, if you can recall the last time you, you woke up, spent the whole day without going through 
either <laughs> terrible or negative mm. or very sad. But um, here's to, to, to my two cents worth. You know, Songhez, I've come to terms with the fact that if the, the people, the, the leaders, the leadership, government um, neglects its people, the people have no choice but to lead themselves. So if, if me and you are not going to get, gather our thoughts and come up with solutions to the challenges that we have, what we'll only do is to talk about it on a regular basis and, and articulate how we understand or how we differ to understand what is going on, mm. that which we don't even have an, an idea. So what, I, what I've done is I've come up with this notion, call it Afri Forum um, of, of Black people, if you like, um, I'm calling upon South Africans. Uh, let, let's come together. I've spoken to a few um, organizations. Uh, this is not racial or anything like that. But I said to you, the, just said the, every forum for black people. How can you not claim races? Race. Uh, well, well, I'm trying. I'm trying to explain. Okay. Oh, uh, unfortunately, I, I really failed to just communicate with the production team that I really would have preferred that KGM continue on that point. I beg your pardon for that, KGM. I suppose rules are rules. The production team hasn't done anything wrong. That said, Aisha, good evening. Hello. Indeed, Aisha. Good morning. Sorry, good evening. Yeah, morning. Sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> good evening, Sangezo, and to your guests and to the listeners. Listen, Sangezo, I don't have a TV. I heard on the radio that Tokyo Sukwali said that there's money for heritage projects at the Reserve Bank. And then an hour or two later again, I heard him say that the Reserve Bank said, no, he's talking nonsense. So now, what is it? Is, is there money there at the Reserve Bank for heritage projects or not? I'll tell you what it is. It is ANC all over again. It's it's all about the ANC. How can you ever know what comes out of that organization being truthful? People I can't hear you. I'm going to listen on the radio. Very well. No, I'm just saying it's just typical of the movement of late. I mean, you've got people who are not spokespersons speaking on behalf of the movement. You've got people speaking out of turn, even though they are senior enough and have spokespersons or know the channels by which to speak. You've got state issues being made party issues. You've got party issues being made state issues. The conflation and the non-separation of politics at party level and politics at state level is probably precisely why some of these challenges are happening the way that they are. It doesn't surprise one knowing that Mr. Tokyo Sakhwali would have said what he said. Whether or not it's true, frankly speaking, I don't know what to believe. The very same Tokyo Sakhwali 99-2000 with Matthews Posa and Cyril Ramaphosa were once accused of trying to topple the regime at the time led by President Mbeki. He has had his presidential ambitions himself as Tokyo Sekhwale, so he resurfacing now at the business end, if you like, of the term of office, at least the first one of Mr. Ramaphosa. One can quite easily think that this is all towards 2022. Who knows? Only time will tell. And on that point, perhaps you might just want to say something, Mr. Lishwele? Yes, indeed. Uh, I've actually been uh, following the story of Tokyo Sukhwale with uh, with keen interest because, incidentally, I think a um, few weeks ago when um, the, the war broke in um, in northern parts of Mozambique, he was also in the news. And for the first time, I, I would have I, I had rumors, you know, here and there in previous years, saying that he has an island uh, just on the outskirts of Mozambique. 
and one wonders if there's any connection, any link whatsoever, because as as you, as you can recall, the those islands are closed because of the the war happening there, and this resurface is now and. Uh, Unfortunately, proof is in the pudding, but he's only saying, you know, this is happening, there are some monies in the Reserve Bank without giving the names or the actual details or what his sources are. So, you know, we have to look at that uh, with, 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 with a you know, close eye as well, but, but also with a very critical eye because, as you indicate, you never know um, who speaks for who. Even in the party itself, there's a lot of conflation. Uh, so one has to be very circumspect when um, following the story of Tokyo. Let's go to Cape Town. Fires there. We do know that one suspect has already been arrested. Apparently two are at large, and the one that has been arrested has confirmed to starting the fire. For goodness gracious, why? Mm, mm, mm. Uh, that story there, I mean, it's... Well, I guess we have to wait for the authorities, but my sense is, is that... Uh, it could very well be that the person who, who confessed to doing this thing didn't have any malicious intent because apparently at the spot when he was questioned by, by um, the authorities, he did, he did concede to him studying part of the fires. Um, and as you know, there are people who, who live in that mountain, quite a number of people, Rastafarians, people live there for various reasons, some say for religious reasons. And, and of course, they would cook there and, and all those things. And so the question is, you know, was was there any malicious intent or it was something went wrong? Perhaps the person was cooking. Uh, but at, at this point, you know, it's it's, it's mere speculation. Uh, but uh, the UCT story specifically, the fact that the fire spilled over to, to UCT and, and certainly uh one of the important libraries um, that has, has archives, that are, you know, you can hardly find at all. Can we lament that point? Can we just take pause and lament the fact that there is a library in probably, I mean, it's in the center of the university, and I think it's upper campus, I speak under correction, upper or middle campus for sure. Upper campus, yeah. But it is in the middle of some other buildings. How could that have fire penetrated those other buildings without causing the damage that it has and Mm. done the damage that it has indeed in the library? Uh, Professor Mamukheti Paking was earlier, uh, she was asked by one of the media outlets how how she can explain the mystery that, uh, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a snake building on upper campus, very the very upper part of it, um, from the west top, there's a, there's a chemical engineering building there. Um, as you can imagine, there's, there are a lot of chemicals there also. And then there's the, what was then... Um, uh, the the main hall, the main mm. place of the university. The fire didn't burn there. And so her explanation centered around the fact that because of the dynamics around the weather and smoke, it could very well be that those buildings didn't burn, but the one further down, um, for reasons she can't, you know, uh, explain in full detail, but that's the sense she got, that's the report she got. So would need uh, fire experts to really explain to us how, how feasible that is. We probably should get ourselves a fire expert. Here's another expert on these airwaves, Sakile. He's a man who's very erudite and has many opinions on many issues. Sakile calling us from Durban. Good evening, Sakile. And you, Jesse. Uh, I want to talk about this um, social security matter. I think journalists and other people who are investigators should do 
more digging on this issue and not just take the statements by Treasury and the Reserve Bank and Chukwesehwala mm. himself at face value. Because I just don't think that he would lie about so much money. And and then you read that statement by the Reserve Bank, it's like, it's so comical, it's so dismissive. You'd like, it's like it's a joke uh, when they're responding to this. But one of the most unfortunate things about this is that, you know, it looks like there's two black capitalists are fighting now. Sir Ramaphosa and Tukasekwale. You know, now we have to, as the general public, we have to pick a side now, as it happens all the time, whether it's, it's Mahashule and Sir Ramaphosa, whether it's Zuma Sir Ramaphosa. We as the public were always, always expected to take a side. I think now we have to have a, a, a new conversation of a future beyond the ANC. I'm tired of this thing of people saying there is no alternative. Please, come on, man. Come on, Songhazo. Thank you, man. Thank you so much. Thank you so much indeed, Desakele. Yeah, it's true. You know, we don't have what you have until you have what you have in the position to do what they are required to do. I think I know what he's going to say, but let me allow him to say it in his words. Good evening. Colin in Cape Town. Good evening, Songhazo. How are you, sir? Uh, good evening to your guest, too. Indeed. You know, evening, Zangeza, there are more questions than answers. You know, uh, as you spoke about the building that sets a light in the center by the outer, which is a distance away. I'm about two kilometers away from the whole UCT business. And you know, for the fire to start on uh, the old of all drive, mm-hmm. and then in you mean Philip Kosana Drive now? Yeah, Philip, yeah, yeah, Kosana Drive, yeah. That's right. Then, when you look again, before the wind ex- uh, turned from northwest to southeast, it was on the other side of the Rage Memorial, and so on. So, there are more questions than answers. Anyway, what I wanted to talk about was about that um, break-ins at the, truth com- at, the, at the Commission of Inquiry. Mm-hmm. You know, don't we learn... When they break into a place like that once, you secure more security. You you go to a plan B. But I believe it's about the third time that they broke into that uh, commission. And, you know, the the longer the commission goes on, mm. the more dirty laundry is coming out. There are people that's going to sabotage that inquiry. There are people that are after documents. And I'm telling you, it's only going to get worse. But I'm so surprised that they never, never uh, increase security cameras and security. Wait, 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 wait. Guys, 90 seconds, please don't forget when that bell rings, even the indulgence of an extra five seconds is designed just to allow you to quickly wrap up your point because this is one of those blitzkrieg type of discussions. But it's true, right? Once bitten, twice shy. So one would think around the Zondo Commission, particularly what, um, um, goodness, one of the veterans of the ANC, Joel Nechitenza, had said, those who stand a lot to lose are not going to give up without a fight. Is it then perhaps one of the acts or one of the scenes in the act of the play that they are not going to give up without a fight, including but not limited to breaking in at the Zondo Commission and just disrupting its work? Final comment. Um I'm, I'm reminded now that, uh, in fact, I think it was over a year or so ago, there was another break-in at the, at the office of the Chief Justice, Mokheng Mokheng. Correct. That also should have taught us something. That
uh, you know, we, we simply can, can't fold our arms. Something is definitely happening. And to have the culture where when you, you know, you open a case at the police station, a few weeks later, a doctor is missing. They, they're, they're trying to, you know, perpetuate the same culture such that the report will not um, be finalized. Or if it's finalized, there are a lot of loopholes. And so most certainly, I mean, a lot needs to be done to secure the commission to ensure that even even as even as though there are more questions than answers and people are be, beginning to question its integrity, the work must be done, the report must be out, and then it can be scrutinized thereafter. We're going to take a listen to a couple of voice notes, one of which does respond to this question, but I, I, I can't not comment on the fact that at the beginning I had said this administration, insofar as it relates to responding to the vaccine question, is something I believe in the Mbeki administration would never have happened. A case in point is how he held his nerve position and posture as around to the um, the ARVs, particularly... Um, I'll forget the name, but President Tabumbeki was pretty clear in his position. His Ministry of Health was clear, and his government and cabinet at large, together with the finance ministry, were clear. Whether or not they got it wrong, and for the most part, history suggests that they got it wrong if the work of the TAC at the Concord is anything to go by. But at least there was a government position that was clear and certain, made different only by a decision of the Constitutional Court. Here we are at sea with this vaccine thing. Um. It, it seems to me that certainly if uh, the CDC and the authorities, health authorities in the U.S. had not uh, momentarily paused the, the rollout of the of the J&J vaccine in the U.S., I, I doubt that our authorities would have, you know, continued because this is apparently said to be um, a rollout, but concurrently it, it's also a trial, right? And so even if they picked up something wrong, one wonders if they would have, uh, alerted the public and and stopped it, but perhaps a bigger question also is, what's the veracity of of the blood clotting that has been reported in the U.S. and are we seeing the same trends in the in, in South Africa? Evidence suggests, at least what we we are led to know, suggests that there hasn't been the same. And so, you know, wh- why would they possibly? But of course, there maybe there might be erring on the side of caution. Uh, but my worry is that. We, we seem not to be a country with uh, with a backbone. Um, we know we easily follow the, the hegemons, and and we, we can't develop like that. And that's why we haven't seen any meaningful uh, attempts to manufacture our own vaccine because that's another big subject that we should be interrogating. Uh, we we are a fairly you know developed country, quote unquote. Um, we've got skilled researchers, and one wonders why we haven't pumped a lot of resources in, in manufacturing our own vaccines. The vaccine I was referring to was AZT, that President Mbeki in his first year um, presidency had actually come out and said this drug is dangerous. It caused a mm-hmm. massive diplomatic and political storm, in the, particularly across the Atlantic in the United States. But there was a president who made a decision and stuck by it and was overturned by the courts. We don't see that sense and kind of political commitment now with this administration. Probably for the bad, I wouldn't say for the good. We have a couple of voice notes finally. Good evening, Songezo. It's it is concerning and worrisome that there is a breaking in the burglary in the office of the Commission of State Capture. 
because we think there is a tight security. There must be a tight security, unless maybe there is an inside job. If you recall, Songezo, it happened in the office of uh, Chief Justice four years ago, and no one has been arrested. Even this one, no one will be arrested. So we are worried as a, a ordinary citizen of this country because this commission is very, very crucial. So it must be protected. Thank you, Songezo. Evening, Songezo. Uh, what I find very odd is uh, we are worried about the timing of the truth coming out, whereas the truth is the truth. And if it's so, shouldn't we be worried about the implications of the truth or uh, uh, the truth itself? But we are busy worried about the timing and which camp a person belongs to. If what they're speaking is the truth, let's investigate and then let's deal with that because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what time the truth comes out. If it's the truth, let's interrogate it. Let's take action. Come on and stop being worried about timing of people and this and that. Oh. <laughs> yeah, well, true. Everybody wants the truth. But what the truth is, is probably the million dollar question and all these inquiries, not just the Zonda Commission of Inquiry, but there have been many inquiries trying to find the truth. It has in many instances told us the truth, but there has been very little follow through on that. How do you want to wrap up this segment, having spoken about the vaccine debacle, the Cape Town fire, the Charlotte McLeaker fire, the Zonda Commission and the break in there? Dr. Moroseleshwele? Uh, my parting shot would be uh, perhaps for, for us to think uh, and for your listeners to think carefully about the issue of the commission uh, in the sense that we know it's doing you know great work. A lot of things are being unraveled by the commission. But I, I think a, a bigger question that we should ask ourselves is are we or do we seem to get value for money because we spend millions into this commission, do we think post the report we're going to retrieve the monies that have been investigated? I think it's something that, because there seems to be a culture of, of commissions of inquiry, but are they working for us? Yeah, well, that's the question that maybe during the course of this week, one or two questions or one or two answers in response to that question might become a little clearer. Dr. Moro Sileshwele, so thank you so much for joining us. You're more than welcome to call in as a listener, but more importantly, be available next time to be one of our guests.